Hello, everyone. My name's Hank Suttle, and I'm here with Casey McBride for another episode of Stir Crazy Shamans, which we talk about pretty much any topic that comes up, but we always pick out a theme to start the day. And today is We Are Not Alone. Yes, we are not alone, indeed. Um, so I kind of had the inspiration to talk about this for a couple of different reasons. Um, one is that during this isolation, this quarantine that we're all experiencing, um, some of us who don't live with like a lot of family, or maybe even those of us who do but aren't as connected with fa certain family members, uh, may have sort of this feeling of being alone uh, or, or feeling lonely in these times. Um, but I wanted to sort of uh, reiterate to everyone that... Uh, you know, in spirit, we're never alone. And that was kind of the general, we are not alone that we're talking about. Uh, but also there's a few other topics I wanted to hit on as well. So we'll kind of see where it flows from there. Yep, absolutely. And I know that in the tradition of the South American tradition of the Paco Kuna, uh, they believe that from the very first, you know, from before you're born even, you have something called a Yanapak, which is a band of seven spirit beings that are all basically your, um, your assets that you have in this life. And then you have other beings come and go as it goes through so it's kind of overlapping with uh, spirit guides but you also have other folks that maybe are in spirit that passed on uh, so there's a lot of resources besides just guides and angels that are there for us in spirit yeah we always have our spirit guides with us they're always ready to help and communicate and uh, so yeah if you are feeling uh, you know more lonely than you normally are and you want someone to talk to now's a great time to start developing a dialogue with your helping spirits your spirit pack your spirit team whatever you want to call them a uh, great time to start opening up that line of communication um, but yeah and, and on top of having actual beings with us present to help us and guide us and communicate with us um, you know we uh, we're, we're all in essence one you know so we're in, in reality all of totality is here with us all the time we're a microcosm microscopic version of the macrocosm we are right. the entirety of everything uh so really developing a relationship with yourself going inward finding out who am i you know and 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 if you really are not identified with the thought stream and can step into that space of pure being and feel the space of oneness then there's no loneliness there Right. Absolutely. And I just had a thought then. I just went completely out of my mind as you were talking there. <laughs> I love when that happens. Gotta love the human mind. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got a really good point. And then I'm like, oh, it just went away. <laughs> um, but then something I also I wanted to, and we'll kind of go whichever direction we feel called to go, but I also wanted to talk about the fact that we're not alone here on this planet. Um, a lot of people get so wrapped up in the thought of like, you know, uh, it, it's humans uh, and we're the only ones that matter. Um, but, you know, we share this planet with many, many other beings of all different shapes and sizes, not in, just in spirit, but physically, you know, we've got all of our four legged brothers and sisters or winged brothers and sisters or brothers and sisters that swim. Uh, and so we have an obligation to, um, be good stewards of the land, not just for ourselves, but for all of the beings who live here. Absolutely. And one thing that this pandemic has really illustrated when you look on TV and you see how this one little thing that started, uh, it's in all corners of the globe now, just how interconnected we really are. And I think, I don't know if it was verified or not, but I believe they even had a, in a zoo, an animal tested or a couple animals tested for the coronavirus. So how interconnected we are and how really how much something happened when something happens in the world how it can have a ripple effect and impact uh somewhere else in the world 
And it's amazing to see, I know probably everyone's heard of it by now, but the way that um, in like China and Italy, we've seen the pollution in the air and in the waterways and things start to clear out very rapidly, even over the course of just like a week of people being isolated and inside. Um, so that really, I think, is a testament to how much, uh, how negligible we are in taking care of the environment and how the earth is willing and ready to heal itself very quickly if we just give it the chance. Uh, so hopefully people can take a message away from that and realize that we we have the ability to, you know, we don't always have to be stuck indoors to do this, but we can take steps to reduce the amount of harm that we're doing so the earth can heal itself. And then it can be a more habitable, pleasant place for all beings, not just humans. And there's been some just amazing coming together of uh, human inspiration. I saw a couple videos where there was one where there was like uh, people out on the balconies and they were playing like one musical piece, but everybody was playing different instruments. And there was another one where a lady's birthday happened to be there. And because it was an isolation, they ended up, all the people were singing outside of their doorsteps uh, to sing happy birthday to this lady. So it's just amazing like of what we are capable of when we get out of the autopilot and start being a human being instead of a human doing. It is. I love it. Because, and I think, like you said, a part of it is just people are normally so stuck in their routine and, uh, and we, we almost don't realize we took for granted how we have the ability to connect with each other and communicate with each other. And now that we're like, you know, stuck inside our houses and are told not to be like within six feet of another human being, people go, Oh wow. You know what? It is really special, the fact that we are all here as a community together on this planet. We're all just people in this together. I used to hear that all the time, that tagline, like the gov governor in Ohio says it, you know, in this together, Ohio, and all that. Um, but it, it's it's uh, funny in a wonderful way to me that now that we're stuck and told we can't physically interact with each other more than ever, people are finding amazing creative ways to connect through technology and, and by other means. In fact, this entire uh, live stream was inspired by a, a passing joke that we had on a class saying, hey, we should start a stir crazy shaman, you know, live stream series and just talk about whatever comes up and, and look at how many people we've been able to reach in just such a short time. And also technologically speaking, what we were able to start using to get it out there in a way that people can really uh, receive it. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I, I but I, I think um, we shouldn't I think we need to learn the lesson that we we need to not make excuses of I don't have enough time, et cetera, in order to start doing this stuff. Uh, because I know I, I'm, I, I don't have the fear, but I know that there will be some people that will, you know, say, okay, well, I'm back to my job, so I don't have time to connect and spend the time with family anymore. So I hope we can, we can uh, hold on to these lessons that we've learned and take them with us. And I really feel that in, as a collective, we will. And in fact, I think a really major paradigm shift and an energetic awakening is happening. Uh, but whatever I just said was obviously meant for someone out there listening. So. <laughs> yeah, and the, that's the real thing. We're taken out of this, um, this autopilot that we get into where sometimes you drive to work and you don't even remember how you got there. You just end up there and you don't even, you weren't even present for your drive in and people go through their whole, their whole shtick, um, not even being, you know, really present for whatever is in front of them. And we really have this opportunity now to pause and allow our beingness to come forward. And if you 
do go back to work, when things are going back, if you go back as a fully awakened being that is responding instead of reacting, your entire experience will shift because that same job that used to be a burden could not be a blessing when you're actually in, a, in the totality of your being. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful we have the time to uh, to reflect and go inward and, and work on this now. I think it's an, an excellent opportunity. I know a lot of people get stuck in the mindset of, oh, this is a terrible thing happening. And yes, it's a tragedy how many people are going to suffer and die because of this. But uh, you personally, in the moment when you're not suffering in the hospital or dying, we have the choice of what we do with this time that we have now. So yeah, make the choice to go inward, discover who you are. And and, and like, he's, like Hank said, if you are moving forward after all this has come to pass as a newly awakened being, a being that is aware of their divine nature, then everything will be different. Even if the circumstances of your life seemingly are the same, the way you perceive things and the energy behind how you interact with them will have completely shifted and you'll watch your external reality start to shift as well. Right. Now, our topic today with We Are Not Alone, uh, we're also looking for the ability for us to start engaging with our spirit people a little bit more and, and seeing how they could be a benefit to us. And one of the tools that they give us in Access Consciousness in a specialty class called Talk to the Entities, they have a whole subset of it. Uh, one of the recommendations is that you set aside either 15 minutes a day or a couple times a week, what they call office hours, where you can just sit back and you're just open to receiving from spirit and just saying, hey, whoever's there that has a contribution for me, I'm here willing and open to receiving. And it just by taking the time, it's gonna to start to help develop that relationship. Yeah, if you don't invite spirit in, uh, you know, it's, it's gonna have a hard time breaking down those barriers on its own. So yeah, we have to ask and receive. And I think setting up a structure in our practice and our spiritual practice, whether that's having, like you said, sp a specific time each day to ask spirit to communicate with us, or you just at least start out with like meditating, you know, some, some simple meditation and then go from there. But developing a routine is a great way to keep us on track with all of this stuff and, and opening up our communication with spirit. Because if we just sort of have the general idea of I want to do this with no real structure or plan, it's very easy to get distracted and then fall back into old habits. So yeah, I think setting up like a specific time where this is where when I'm doing this is an awesome way to keep you on track with developing your ability to communicate. And absolutely. And one thing that a little tool for people because sometimes um especially if you're a medium like when i was uh growing up and, and started to have interactions of spirit uh some of the spirits i didn't know what to do with and i have a great little tool uh to share with everybody like if you do end up with a spirit that uh isn't one that you really want to participate with uh there's a cool little trick where you just ask the spirit truth who are you right truth who are you before that truth theory before that truth theory before that and you keep saying that until you feel a shift in the energy and what you're actually doing is you're bringing them back to the point where they recognize oh i'm from source truth who will you be in the future oh i'm going to be source again and what you do is you put the being in a space of choice that they're not locked into whatever form they are right now where they might not be as complementary to your current experience and 99% of the time when you pose it like this, they can easily shift and have a different choice. And you can then just be in the energy of, well, whatever it would take for you to be able to move on from here and have a different choice, you know, offer that energy to them. And it's a great little tool to kind of shift and, and move spirits along. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. And that's, um, 
that's an interesting topic all on its own, uh, you know, spirits uh, moving on. And um, well, I, th I think I can kind of segue a little bit, but um, I think maybe some of the people watching may not be entirely familiar with the different types of uh, spiritual beings out there. And um, I hear people like say the term ghosts a lot and uh, and talk about like when they think of spirits what comes to their mind is like deceased human beings with like issues that they haven't resolved mm -hmm. um and so uh, uh i don't think in general that's the kind of being we're encouraging people to interact with in this we are not alone focus um sure. but there are many more beings than just humans uh in in spirit that are with us on this planet um, you know, uh, in the West, we're familiar with the concept of guardian angels, and many people do have beings that, uh, in the West, we refer to as angels, um, following them and helping them. They're also like elemental beings, uh, you know, beings that like you know, di different examples would be like fairies and like sprites and like you know, little water, fire, air elementals, all that stuff. Um, and then there are like plant spirits. So, so uh, each plant on the planet has its own spirit and there are like guardian spirits that watch over these different plants and all the animals have spirits and um so yeah so there's a whole plethora of spiritual life on the planet that uh, in my experience is actually more diverse far more diverse than the actual physical life on our planet right uh, we're a, a being with a body and there's a lot of entities through there and one thing that i tell people especially if you're very aware and you're picking up on a lot of different spirits when you walk through the mall uh, you don't necessarily engage with every single person that you walk walk by. You know, like you, you walk through and you each have your own experience. You don't have to engage with every entity that you're having awareness about. Uh, but just in case, uh, as you start to use these tools like office hours or just being open to receiving from spirit, if you do get something that pops up, I just wanted to give one little tool that will allow you to, if it's one that you want to kind of move on. You, you can, basically, the energy is you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs> and putting them in a place of choice where they can move out. But yeah, we should have a whole separate segment just on different types of spirits. That could be a whole couple, maybe a, a series of, of stir crazy shaman talks. Absolutely. Looks like we had someone, uh, Mary, said, Hank. <laughs> so, hello, oh, Mary. Of course. Hi, Mary. How's it going? Thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching. Hey, Mary, uh, if, you have, if you have a contribution, Mary, I can send you a link. You can join us live on video if you're feeling daring. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you're feeling inspired to open up and learn more about this type of communication, um, you know, uh, follow along with this podcast. We talk about and give plenty of tips and, and tricks and things like that for helping to open up a dialogue with spirit. Uh, but you can reach out to either of us. I think both of us do work in, in, in some way or another, helping people to learn how to communicate with spirit. Um, and there are many, many wonderful uh, resources out there, classes you can take and things to like really, and workshops you can, and now a lot of virtual ones, I'm sure, that you can take in order to learn to develop your ability to communicate with spirit more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, virtual is the new normal for sure. And I know that one of the biggest things when you are starting to enter into this world of spirit uh, and communicating with spirit is just to set your intention at the beginning that only the highest and best is going to come through you uh, for, for the betterment of yourself, for the highest good of you and for the world and all that good stuff. Because a lot of people, where people sometimes get 
blindsided, I guess would be the right word. They see something on TV, they think, oh, that looks cool. Let me go get a spirit board or a pendulum and like this uh, willy nilly start saying, hey, who's out there type of thing. And uh, that's like a, an open door where if you're saying, hey, I would love to work with the beings of light, people that are, have the highest and best for me. Now you're you're kind of narrowing the focus of what you are looking to receive from the spirit world instead of all just uh, free for all. Hmm. Yeah. And I know whenever I start to do this kind of work, one of the things I'll throw in on top of calling in my specific guides, if I am looking to work with more than just like a guide or a group of guides, because I have many, many in my spirit pack or family, whatever you want to call it. If I'm looking to work with whatever beings want to come through. I will always in some way uh, really clearly specify that the be only the beings that are uh, going to help me for my highest good, for my healing, um, are, are the only ones that are allowed to come through. So yeah, very important to specify that. Very cool. And have you found uh, personally that little tools such as lighting a candle, having an altar space or uh, crystals or anything helps to enhance the ability to connect with spirit, especially for a beginner? Yeah, I know. Um, uh, I mean, I, I have a little altar over there. I like to light um, like candles. Uh, now that I'm learning a little bit more about the uh, uh, Peruvian shamanism, like I have a candle for Mama Kia and one for Mama Uno, the Mother Moon and Father Sun. And then I have just little things to represent the different elements. So like I have a piece of uh, f fossilized wood, whatever you call that. Is that fossilized wood? Petrified wood petrified wood. I have a piece of that. And then um, I have incense to represent like air and a little thing of water to represent water. And uh, so, yeah, so that's, um, so, and I, I'll, I'll kind of get that set up. And to me, um, even if I'm not directly looking at it, if I'm just like lying down or sitting down doing the work, um, you know, uh, just uh, I think the energy of having that in the room can help. And then I can at least like smell the incense. I love incense. Incense are one of my favorite things to have um, going or burning when I do uh, spiritual work, uh, just this, because smell is like the strongest, what do they call it? Um, like it's the strongest connection to memory that we have. Uh, and it helps us to like associate different uh, mindsets and, and emotions. So if you have like a certain kind of scent that you're smelling while you're doing this work, then just by smelling that you can easily, more easily return to that space where you were really focused before. Um, so smell is actually a really interesting topic that we can use to, as a doorway to get into these states. Right, and in the Peruvian tradition, when we open up the energies of each of the elements, usually like Palo Santo or um, in the Northern tradition, you might use knick-knick or tobacco, but you usually have a little incense that you light as you go in and call in each one of the directions and you're giving each one like a little taste of, hey, please come here. Uh, and, and saying, here's some energy for you. Here's a little offering for you to entice the spirit to uh, come and participate in whatever you're looking to do. Oh, what about scrying mirrors? We have Mary just uh, throwing out there that she bought a scrying mirror, but she hasn't played with it yet. Uh, have you ever used a scrying mirror or a tool like that to potentially uh, communicate with spirits? This is the first time I've ever heard that term. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I'm really throwing it under the bus there. So, <laughs> so the so, answer would be no. <laughs> Well, scrying mirrors are a great tool for um, more remote gazing and things of like, uh, like that if you wanted to develop like remote viewing techniques. But you can also uh, get just information and connect to spirits. So uh, some people use a scrying mirror. Uh, some people will have a um, something where they have water and a mirror and they're looking in the reflection of the water and they're scrying with the water or different crystals, especially ones like um, a 
a very fine polished black obsidian piece of black obsidian is one where you just kind of with a soft focus stare into uh, the mirror or whatnot and with that relaxed gaze and your disciplined imagination spirit will uh, you'll sometimes see things actually in the mirror and it's just a way to relax and, and get into your own space of receiving by using a tool do you need one no okay just close your eyes <laughs> so so it's a mirror that you use to do this kind of work right but it's an actual it, it can be any kind of mirror basically right usually um it's usually something like a like a black obsidian that's finely polished uh, but it could be other things too but it's usually black okay because i in one of the uh it's like an online course i took for a little bit at one point but he taught a technique i don't know what he called it but i remember we you looked you just stared at your reflection in a mirror with that soft gaze and um yeah like you would just watch us like you uh like for me sometimes like i would get a really clear image of my energy fields but then like my face even would like shift and i would look at i was looking at like a different person in the mirror okay um, and so and then like see beings coming through and all kinds of interesting stuff so that, that's actually uh what i'm sure they call it different things in different modalities but uh that would be transfiguration and there's different techniques to get involved with that so there's like the geishiho that they teach in reiki um and, and different things where it's a soft gaze and if you're working with a partner you'll actually see their face start to shift and you might see a spirit guide or another um, presence come through them and it, it's hard to describe but it, it really looks like there's almost like um have you ever seen those two-way mirrors how they change the lighting and you see one image come and one image go yeah it's yeah. almost like that where there's almost a face imposed on the face like a yeah, yeah. in front of the face yeah. uh, and that's transfiguration best with uh, with a dimmer light it's easier to do uh, but certainly you could do it anytime uh, with anyone including yourself in a mirror yeah. Yeah. So I thought, I thought maybe that was what you were talking about, but it sounds like a scrying mirror is like different, different experience. It's all just uh, your physical representation for the intention to sit down and connect with spirit. And okay. that's, that's what really ma all magic is. It's your physical representation of intention and in magical workings, when you're having things like mojo bags or things like that, you're even going a step further to create a, a separate consciousness to advocate for what you're choosing to create. So you're like birthing an entity to help you uh, with some of the magical workings that you do. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've been fascinated with uh, magic uh, for uh, a while, but I've never actually like really studied it. And I, because I've always, um, I know like all these are tools for manifestation. That's really an or actualization, however you want to put it. Okay. Um, when when doing. Uh, when doing magic work, um, but I've always, uh, for a long time, like when I really when I need to manifest something, I just have this real direct way of connecting. And like a hundred percent of the time, when I do this super intense focused manifestation technique that I just came from spirit, like it happens a hundred percent of the time. So, so I've never felt the need to really work with a lot of um, tools. But again, I'm, the more I learn about all this stuff and practice, the more I, I find these tools and the rituals very fascinating and really fun. So I, I want to learn more about right. all this stuff and work with it. And a lot of times when it comes to like the hoodoo work that I do, because um, if you didn't know, I'm a trained hoodoo as well. Uh, and taught by Zane. Zane does a hoodoo class. And hopefully in, uh, in April, not April, we're past April, hopefully in August, um, we have someone coming in to teach a little sansei. 
Uh, so that's an uh, African tradition, um, African Caribbean tradition, I believe. So anyway, um, where was I going with that? We could have a whole separate, we should be a list of topics of how many <laughs> we could go off with that. But, but a lot of times when it comes to the hoodoo work, it's not so much that you're using the work for yourself, but some clients, like one of the things that the role as a shaman is you meet the client where they're at. And not everybody is uh, in a space where an access consciousness tool might be a benefit to them or certain shamanic tools. If somebody's in a huge place of fear, doing a ceremony for them, making a mojo bag that they have to feed every week or doing a petition paper with a candle that they have to go home with, all those things are things that give them something to focus attention on. And, they're, and you're including them in a ceremony. You're giving, you know, shaman is a showman. You're giving them something outside of the norm that they can now be in a space to receive because they had a little magic. They're giving themselves permission to receive something that normally they would never receive because they're too caught up with being a victim. And that's where magical workings really have a, a huge benefit for people you might work with. So as you know, one of the tools I've been really fascinated with since I discovered it was uh, Florida water. Uh, yeah. for, the, for those who aren't familiar, it's uh, like a fragrant, almost like a perfume. It's like an alcohol-based perfume that we use in shamanic work. And uh, one of the things we do with it is we take some into our mouths and then we spray it in a fine mist combined with our breath of intention or charged breath and we clear a person's energy field and um so funny story going back to like people needing some kind of like you know uh, ritual or something in order to heal i had a client come to me and uh they were kind of all over the place they'd even been like um uh physically sick, but on top of that, like emotionally wasn't feeling very good. But normally this person's pretty down to earth and peaceful. And uh, so I went and I, I did a whole hour long healing session doing advanced energy work. And I was removing all kinds of stuff and doing transmuting things. And, um, and he got up and, you know, he, I asked him how he felt that normally he can really feel the energy sensations. Like he's really sensitive to uh, what's going on when I'm working on his body. But he said he wasn't really feeling much. All he was aware of was like the table was too hot and his back hurt and all this stuff. And, um, and then I was just kind of talking to him and I could feel his energy wasn't right. And um, he had mentioned, he just thought it was in passing. Uh, but uh, there was a reason he mentioned it. And he just said, you know, I've been having these weird dreams where it's almost like I'm doing something and there's someone or something that's trying to convince me to do something bad that I don't like. And I get this weird feeling from it. And as soon as he said that, I like, was able to feel like, oh, there's an entity I wasn't seeing that's attached to him. And um, so I told him, stand there. I went and grabbed my little bottle of Florida water. And um, I told him, I'm going to take uh, three breaths. And on the last breath, I'm going to use the Florida water. And uh, by the last breath, hold on. And I was having him focus on all of those feelings that he had of like not feeling right. And I said, by the last breath, it'll completely be cleared. So three, I just one breath, everything's disappearing. Second breath, almost gone. Last breath of the Florida water. And then I felt the energy shift. And he was like, he was fine after that. He was totally peaceful and back to himself. But I did that a whole hour of all this advanced energy work, and all it took was, and then, <laughs> and then he was fine. Yeah, and I'm sure getting uh, Florida water spit on you is way outside the normal thing that you experience. <laughs> 
Uh, and the 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 words uh, just to fill in the Quechua words that you're referencing uh, with the sacred breath of intention in Quechua, we'd say that's a pukui, uh, which is a sacred breath of intention. And one thing you could say if you were dealing with an entity or a curse or something like that, uh, a maximui, a maxapui means you're going, you're already gone. So you're like uh, already acknowledging that whatever it is that you're vanquishing, banishing, moving on to other opportunities. Uh, you're you're saying you're going you're already gone and th that goes really well with the the breaths oh very cool <laughs> uh, what, say that again what are the words um maximui maxapui maximui maxapui yeah <laughs> <laughs> my pronunciation might be a little off but it, it's the energy behind it but i like yeah. i like throwing the catch-all words out there and for a client though you can use any language if it's a language they don't know uh because they can't get caught up in the preconceived idea of what that means uh their brain doesn't make any conception of it other than the fact that you're crazy <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't get in the way of the, the hearing because they're not thinking about what you're saying you're saying it in a whole different language and it it's literally catchwa to them <laughs> right oh yeah i love it um oh, it looks like we have a bunch of comments over here oh from mary again uh yeah. No, she was just saying she's oh. uh, she, she's just happy to, that she got her scrying mare. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know, let's see, tying it back into We Are Not Alone. Um, yeah, I think part of what I wanted to talk about was, again, I think I, I had mentioned um, how we are not alone on this planet in terms of not being the only beings here. Uh, so I think that can be like a humbling thing for a lot of people to sort of come to terms with uh, because we're indoctrinated from a young age to believe, a lot of people are, not everyone, uh, but especially in this country, we're sort of indoctrinated to believe that like we're much more important than the other things and the other beings on the planet. Like humans are superior and we can sort of do whatever we want because like we're the ones that matter, right? Ooh. You know, it's ironic you say that this morning I was thinking about some of our topics being inspired by the works of Neil Donald Walsh, and I specifically thought about one called the Ten Illusions, of which there's the illusion that superiority exists, that we're, that need exists. Uh, that would be a whole cool thing just because you don't know anything about that work, correct? No, no. Yeah, so it might be fun to go through that as one of ours and just see, like, um, where the conversation will take us because you're already hitting on all the points from a very different perspective than what Neil puts it out to. But, but it's, but all the illusions are then designed for, instead of being, uh, you know, bamboozled by the illusion, recognize it for its intended pur purpose, which is to have an experience of oneality and a duality and use it for its intended purpose instead of getting sucked into the illusion. Because all the point of all these things is to create this separation where we have this individual experience, yet we are all one. You know, you're the only one in the room, and so am I. Yet we're also all separate, and both are true. <laughs> it's a wonderful paradox. I say, in the, you know, in in these paradoxes, that's where the real truth lies. Um, <laughs> we're kind of going in lots of different directions, which I love. But um, yeah, I remember uh, studying at the uh, Zen temple. Uh, the teacher would uh, sometimes give you a, what they call a koan. Koan. I don't know exactly what the pronunciation is. But um, it, it's like a little, uh, there's Zen stories. Um, like the one a lot of people are familiar with is if, if a tree falls in the forest, no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Um, but there's all kinds of like interesting ones that are a lot more out there than that. Uh, but the, Was the answer to that one that the tree doesn't exist if there's no one there? 
Uh, so the point of the coin <laughs> is not, to, so, and, and that's the funny thing, they would always tell the story. Also, there were uh, stories of like a student being given a koan and like going back to the master and like giving all these answers, right? And, like, I think I figured it out. Like it's, it's, you know, it's this or that. Like they might say like, oh, it doesn't exist in the first place, blah, 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 blah. And the, no matter what, the master would always just smack him on the head, right? <laughs> No matter what the answer was, and um, and it was only when because the point of these paradoxes, uh, uh, like really don't make any sense to the logical mind, wasn't to get you to actually come up with an answer with words. It was to sort of confuse the mind so much that you broke identification with it, <laughs> and like going crazy about trying to figure it out. <laughs> Just given a four-ish minute warning, because actually today, Monday, is the only day that I'm actually in the corporate world for a little bit. Believe it or not, this crazy shaman does investments in people's IRAs. <laughs> so I, I only work Mondays, though, so it's not like that big of a thing. But I only had a, like a 30-minute window, a little bit more than 30 minutes. So we're just coming up on our time. So I just wanted to uh, give that opportunity so we can, one, offer all the people who are listening or watching the replay, check out the comment and uh, be sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel, which would help us out greatly. And then also, if you have any ideas for what you would like to see us talk about in future talks, uh, please give us comments. We'd love to take the conversation with where you'd like to go. And granted, no matter what the topic is, we will go off on any tangent as it comes up. <laughs> well, that's the beauty and fun of it. And yeah, um, you know, uh, I have to plug, you know, for plugging our channels real quick shaman's way uh on youtube um subscribe to that oh i think i saw hank posted it in the comments well, Thank I, you. I, I i posted the um oh i did post shaman's way no i posted on shaman's way that was oh. for stir crazy shamans okay uh, gotcha. it, it, it doesn't let you make comments to everyone on your side too i i forgot mm, i don't even think i can comment here at, well but, that's unfortunate <laughs> yeah i don't see an option to um but I can talk and people can see me and hear me. So that's good. Actually, but, uh, I think that uh, I have access to your, I'll get the link real quick. Okay. So yeah. Um, and, and there I do um, all kinds of, like I do channeled messages from spirit. Uh, so again, people who are interested in like learning more and, and, and having a sort of vicarious experience of communicating with spirit and uh, also hearing the messages that spirit has for all of us, I channel messages for all of us. And then um, I do meditations uh, so join the meditations. I think the next one coming up is, uh, well, we'll see about that. It's Tuesday, which is my birthday. So we'll kind of see what we're doing for that. Maybe we'll, something, we'll have something. <laughs> so in honor of that, too, if you aren't familiar with esoteric astrology, they say that on your solar return, which can be a different day than your actual birthday, because sometimes the degrees of the sun sign could be the day before or day after, especially in the leap year. So you got to see, like, when is the sun going to be in the same degrees as when you were born, right? Mm -hmm. But at the exact moment that it returns in esoteric astrology, they say that you get a seed of energy called a monad or from a seed of energy from your monad, which is like something that you can use throughout the year for inspiration to develop something new and great. And so you be in a meditative state as best you can during that time to see what your inspiration is. And then as you go around the astrology chart, you have your your squares which where like okay you have your seat of energy you have the opposition where you have illumination of what the real potential is you have the top opportunity to anchor it and then you come back on your next solar return to get a new seat of energy and work with it again throughout the year so be pay attention to see what extra awesomeness might be coming your way from your higher self oh definitely definitely i always seem to re receive some kind of um uh, like really 
powerful. I, I get hit with like an overwhelming sense of gratitude on my birthday. I always feel like um, it's like really powerful. <laughs> so I don't know if that's part of that or just uh, being grateful for friends and family during that time. But yeah, I, I always end up having some really deep, like spiritual, like gratitude experience, which every day I do anyway, but it seems to be more powerful on my birthday. So <laughs> I wonder if I'm not sensing that in some way. Okay. I'm posting your link now for Shaman's Way. Thank now that you. I got it. Perfect. Any final closing words of wisdom? Closing words of wisdom. Uh while I go to my other computer here and clock in. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we're not alone. We aren't, uh, you know, you're never alone. Uh, if you are feeling lonely during this time when some of us are uh, really isolated and may not have communication with family or with friends as much as we would like, um, turn to spirit. Spirit's always there for you. Spirit's never going anywhere. <laughs> and, and in the spirit of paradoxes, mine would be, you're the only one in the room. <laughs> so you're not alone, and you are the only one in the room. The greatest truths are often paradoxes, because one is true in the oneality, and one is true in the duality. And if you can go through life looking at it through the eyes of, I am the only one in the room, and so are they, it shifts everything that you do, because you go from relating to everything to creating with everything. So that would be my takeaway. Love it. Cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, so all the good stuff, like, share, subscribe. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for your energy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A Nike, a Nike, a Nike. <laughs>